Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We were off for the 4th of July last week. Hopefully everyone had a nice 4th of July holiday. You celebrated with family and friends. You shot off fireworks. You didn't pull a JP, uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and blow your uh, fingers off, your hand off. So that's all great. Nathan Stacking here alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio. Easy for me to say on this Monday. It's Travis Krins. Travis, how we doing? Doing good. Did last week seem extremely long to you? No, it didn't. We were off the whole week. We were up at my um, in-laws' lake place uh, near Fergus Falls. Didn't see Dan Beck or his wife. Um, oh, shame! What a shame! I know, I know. But um, it, it 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 was decent. Like it didn't go by super fast. But it's like, yeah, we could we could stay here a little bit longer. I, I wish we had a few more days. Last week felt like the longest week of all time. Did you just have Tuesday off, or did you have, did you take more days off? No, we didn't do anything. We had like uh, the weekend at the previous weekend. We went. I don't know what we did. We did something. Maybe we went to Sioux Falls once. I had somebody over here. But then uh, you know, Monday went to work. Mm-hmm. Tuesday we had Tuesday off. Didn't do anything really. And then I just had to go back to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I think my dad's birthday was the 5th, so then we went to see him on that previous Sunday. Well, happy belated birthday, Lee. Please please pass along my uh, happy birthday wishes to him. Oh, he's 64 now. Yeah, he's 64. So, like, I kind of started the weekend. It was just busy, and I think with that Tuesday being off, it just, Wednesday felt like it took, it was just like, it's Wednesday, it feels like it's Saturday. Yes. I find that when a holiday falls in the middle of the week. And you don't have the days off, and you gotta go to, you go to work for a day or two, have one random day off. Yeah. And then you gotta go back, it's like, alright, this is tough. Like, the only, the only holidays that this really pertains to is 4th of July and Christmas. Otherwise, every every other holiday consists of like the same day. Like it might not be the exact same day, but we always know that Thanksgiving's the fourth Thursday in November. So you get Thursday, and most more than likely you get Friday off. Uh, you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, uh, MLK Day, President's Day, Monday's off. Like that's New it's the Monday. So it's it's the same day. You know, but uh, yeah, Fourth of July and Christmas t- very much tend to fluctuate. And if it falls in the middle of the week, it's a pain in the ass. Like, why am I going to work for one day, getting one day off, and then come back for three? Like, what is this? I assume next year it'll be on a Wednesday. It is on a Thursday because we have leap year next year. Here, so Thursday, a little better. I assume a lot of people will be taking Friday off. So. Yes, yes, I would, I would think so. As I mean, well. it's not like Thanksgiving. I usually work the Friday after Thanksgiving because we have it. Sometimes don't go anywhere, so it's like I may as well work. And that's not too bad. Where it's only one, you got to come back for one day. It's not too bad, but yeah. It, it, but it also at the same time you're like, well, why would I come back to work for one more day? May as well just extend it, make a long yep. weekend out of it. So, but yes, uh, hopefully everyone had a fourth, a good Fourth of July. Uh, it's hot here. We are um, supposed to get a little cooler throughout the week, but uh, we could use like five, six inches of rain. They're getting pounded with rain up in the northeast, like. Uh, if you go to weather.com, they're talking about, they have in quotes, catastrophic 
flooding potential for New England, like Vermont, New Hampshire, upstate New York? Like, can we? Can you send that rain to us, please? I don't know how bad it is in Mitchell, uh, and you know, in Central South Dakota, but for for us here in St. Cloud, oh, we can't we can't buy a a storm to save our lives. We on uh, July Fourth, it would be Monday morning, like at five thirty in the morning. We had some rain, then another round about seven, and some spots got like two to three inches. Wow. We got that was a good shot. It seems like we've gotten rain in bunches. When we've gotten rain, we've gotten a lot. So it hasn't rained that often, but when it has, it has. It's been multiple inches, a couple times. I would love to even see an inch and a half of rain. We just mm-hmm. we haven't gotten it. We didn't even get an inch of rain for the whole month of June, and July is is not starting off. Last week, last week was. Some of the best summer weather I've ever experienced, I think. For for the 4th of July, right? It was like, is that week before the 4th, it was 70, 75 during the day. In the morning, it was actually chilly. It was like upper 40s. Beautiful. No dew point. Humidity wasn't around. North winds. It was, you could feel a chill in the air. In early July, it's like this is early July now. It was ninety-five degrees today, and it's kind of more normal. But that was awesome. It was a week yes. of that. It was amazing. It was just some of the best summer weather I've ever I've ever seen. We have breaking news here as we record this podcast. Breaking news here actually broke within the last hour. And I posted my blog late on this on Monday, and I talked about it. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, at some point it's got to happen. But Northwestern has fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. And that is where we are going to start. I thought we were maybe going to talk about baseball in the first half of the season. We'll get to that here uh, in a minute. But Northwestern has fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, sources told ESPN's Pete Thamel and Adam Rittenberg on Monday. Uh, if you if you haven't been following along with this story, uh, there was a report done by uh, multiple reports by the Daily Northwestern. It's a student-run newspaper on the University of Northwestern, and they have unearthed this mega story about hazing within the football program. There's this thing called running. Where uh, you know a younger player would get uh, you know held down by you know guy like eight to ten, and eight to ten guys would perform a sexual act like it, it's it's just disgusting it, it like I don't know if you rem- remember like the you know when Penn State had their whole issue and stuff and of course our friend Will Rottler uh, used to uh, work at Penn State but then South Park came out with that episode I feel like maybe. Uh, South Park's going to have some new material here with this Northwestern stuff, but Northwestern initially suspended Pat Fitzgerald for two weeks for you know not you know having control over the program and allowing this this terrible hazing to go on. And you know as you know, as uh, Saturday grew into Sunday, and there was you know the more like a former player was talking about yeah this needs to end, and he talked with the Northwestern president. 
the cries grew into like, okay, yeah, I think uh, Pat Fitzgerald needs to be fired, and you have some Northwestern alums or stupid people like Darren Ravel who are like, yeah, should he be fired? I'm not sure, and you know, uh, it's like, yes, he probably should be fired. And now Monday evening. It is official. Pat Fitzgerald, arguably the most successful head coach in Northwestern history. I mean, for goodness sakes, he got him to a Big Ten championship game. He's out, and you just have to wonder what is going to happen now with Northwestern football here, not only this year, but in subsequent years, uh, if there's um, penalties levied against the program, sanctions, whatnot, what have you. And if Pat Fitzgerald is going to find work again, I would assume he is. But this is uh, this is some pretty damning stuff here. I think Bob Huggins might be available. Oh yes, uh, apparently he didn't resign from West Virginia though. So, <laughs> well, here's the deal: he got fired, so uh, he's not coming back. So, resign, got fired, or not cashing checks anymore from West Virginia. So, yeah, I haven't really followed this a whole lot. I don't know why people or I don't know why anybody does this. This hazing stuff. Like, what? What is? What is this? What is this? I, like enough of this. It just—it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he didn't. Didn't he? I guess he claims he didn't know of it. Even though others say that he did and let it go on, so it's kind of a, a cloudy situation of how much did he know, and. It's kind of a thing where if he knew about it, well, that's bad. And if he didn't know about it and he didn't do anything about it, that's also bad. So not not a good situation for him either way. And what season's going to start here in six weeks. So bad timing for them to, to fire their, a really good coach. So, yeah, not, not a good situation. Uh, no, I'm sure this is going to be. Be around here for the next few weeks as maybe more stuff comes out, but mm-hmm. and I don't know why why this even happens anymore. I don't know either. Um, I was watching a Law and Order episode recently, and there's hazing within the like a fire department. That was an episode and stuff. It's like, why are people like why why does hazing have to occur? Is it just, you know it's an an initiation for the younger players or younger you know guys or whatever, and then they'll. They'll do it to when they're upperclassmen or whatever. But it's stupid. Um, like, this doesn't rise to the level or the extent of the the atrocities that happened at Happy Valley and Penn, at Penn State there under Joe Paterno and, and whatnot. But this does rise, I think, to a level of, like, okay, there's clearly... Uh, there's no control over this football program, and why are you... Like bringing, it's not like Northwestern. Northwestern has higher educational standards than many other schools. Same with like Vanderbilt uh, in the SEC. It takes a little more to get into these schools, and Northwestern's got a very prestigious journalism school, which is why I mean it's great that the student newspaper here um, broke this story and has broken it pretty much throughout, and has un- uncovered and unearthed all of this. Uh, it shows what. A good journalist uh, Northwestern's going to bring out here uh, in the coming years. But I don't, like, Northwestern was bad at football last year. Who knows how good they would be this year? You add this to it, though, I can't imagine you're going to want to have anyone 
like as the new head coach after this season who was on this previous staff because then you're just associated with this you're almost going to have to start anew and how do you do that who's the guy to to build it up to me this almost feels like the northwestern's in for a downtrodden five six seven years or whatever i do believe south dakota state visits northwestern in what 2027 2029 mm-hmm. something like that uh well. so i feel a little bit better about that game already but I don't know how Northwestern, considering the success that Pat, Pat Fitzgerald had, is going to be able to recover, recuperate, and and put together, A, a good season this year, but also keep the program sus- – sustainable is the wrong word, but keep the program at a winning level and culture for years to come. And Art Riles is available, too. Yes, yes. Uh, um, speaking of hell, Art Riles. Yeah, like Vince, like whatever the penalty is going to be, I can't imagine it's going to be all that severe. And whatever it is, I assume it's going to take a long time to do it because the NCAA is very bad at these investigations. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like academics at North Carolina, what North Carolina have done to it when it's when they showed that their kid, that their player, they didn't go to class and they had other people do their work for them. Yep. What was the penalty for that? Nothing really. Yeah, Kansas and Arizona, Louisville and stuff have all been uh, entwined in some controversy, but that's more stemming on the college basketball side of things. Again, if you want to take away stuff, all right, no more TV money, you can't be on TV, that hurts recruiting, you can't make the tournaments, you can't make the bowl games. Hit them where they hurt. And, you know, they take away maybe a few scholarships here or there. But really anything they're going to do, like what happened to Penn State? The, the the absolute worst thing that anybody's ever seen happen in college sports. Yep, the death penalty to SMU. I would say. And what happened to Penn State? They couldn't go to a bowl game for a couple of years and they lost a few scholarships. Pretty much, yeah, that, that was what it. Do? And then they, James Franklin is there and they're usually you know right around the top ten. Yeah, like, I, think, okay. I think Bill and O'Brien then, was the... The head, the glue. Like, he got the head coaching job at Penn State yeah. first, and then James Franklin followed suit. And then, like, you know, Penn State's on a different level than Northwestern. But, you know, Northwestern, they would have an eight- or nine-win team every once in a while, and they would surprise people or, you know. There's, it's, it's not a real hot seat. Like, he was there for 17 years, and he won well over 100 games. So, yeah, if Northwestern is bad for a few years – I mean, they're used to that. They've, they've been bad before for a stretch. So, ultimately, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, I'm sure, will get a job elsewhere. Yeah. And, and things will go back to normal. It may take some time. But I think the school will be fine. Pat Fitzgerald will be fine. And the, the big thing is that this can't, can't continue or happen again. Like, just get rid of this crap altogether. I think, though, again, Pat Fitzgerald is arguably the most successful coach that Northwestern has had. Like, they've been, they were bad for many, many years prior to Fitzgerald uh, getting there and, and getting the job and turning that program around. I don't know how or, like, what's going to all of a sudden change for them now. Like, who's going to be that guy that gets in there? I mean, they were 1 11 last year, they were terrible, and yet still people are like, yeah, Pat Fitzgerald's the guy. You know, it's a down year, but. They're going to be just fine and whatnot, and now you have this and just all the... They have a standalone game the first week of the college football season 
Sunday, September 3rd, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on CBS. So this is like, oh, CBS's grand unveiling of, uh, foot, of Big Ten football on CBS. It's Northwestern at Rutgers. Woof. This year? This year. Wow. I mean, at the big they the, like the the Big Ten officially goes over. I think it's next year, right? Or is it? No, they got games this year. Um, I know that yeah, CBS like, and NBC are doing some games, but is like ESPN still getting a, a few games? I think they are. Yeah, it's like maybe one more year, but yeah, some of it starts this year. And some of these games, are like I think I mentioned months ago, like I don't think the Big Ten has enough marquee matchups for all of these net they just don't have it maybe right. when, when ucla and usc come next year that'll hold but like we, a couple of weeks ago we went through like some of those games that you're gonna see early on and it's like what mm-hmm. this is like a nbc seven o'clock start because we're used to that being some of the bigger games of the uh, of the day yep and this is not that. So Saturday, I just don't, you know, good, good for for them to get, you know, to basically be on every network, CBS, Fox, like they're on all of them. Mm-hmm. So good for them, except ESPN, and ABC. But and then I, I don't give a shit about Michigan State, Penn State, or any of this crap. You know, you care about Michigan, you care about Ohio State, maybe you care about the Gophers if you're from there. Well, and you have those rivalries, like if you're the Gophers. Does does CBS care about Minnesota at Maryland or Minnesota? Like, when are the Gophers ever going to be on Fox or NBC or C? Are they going to be on? Oh, I mean, they've been on Fox a few times. Like, are they ever going to be on CBS? I would, are they ever going to be on NBC? I would think they would if they were playing like Wisconsin or Iowa, Iowa? and both teams are good. Like that's that's where it's going to be at. Or you know, if they're playing a uh, Ohio State or Michigan. I can't see it being anything else, though. I mean, last year they were on ABC against Penn State, and that was a, 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 a trouncing uh, by the, the Nittany Lions, but Minnesota had some injuries and, and stuff, so they weren't expected to win. Uh, the first game I do see here for the Big Ten on CBS is going to be Ohio State at Indiana. That's on Saturday, and then Sunday we get uh, Northwestern Rutgers. whoop de dee Again, even Ohio State, Indiana, not great. Not right? great. Yep. There just are not enough. Like the Big Ten's good. Like even with the SEC, you'd have a. I think you'd have a hard time with the SEC getting three good matchups. Like you're just not going to get it. So you got Alabama, you got LSU, you got Georgia. Other than that, you know, you got Florida, who's okay, and you got A and M or Arkansas on occasion. Like Arkansas, so like Auburn's up and down. So it's like even those, even it's you know a great deal for them. But like a lot of weeks, we're going to get some not great matchups. Going to be oh, we got you know I Purdue think, and Nebraska or something. I, think I don't care. I, I I agree with that. I think you're going to get like certainly. I think it it hurts CBS to lose the SEC because that's what we associate the SEC with the SEC on CBS. The passionate fan bases, the great games that we've seen over the years. I think the 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 big thing for them getting into the Big Ten is the Big Ten is a very good conference. It's got major media markets, much bigger than a lot of 
the universities across the South, but you are losing the you know, the I would say the the far better games, the far better matchups. Because uh, again, like you said, Indiana Ohio State doesn't do much. Rutgers Northwestern, forget about it. I mean, it's it's not good, and all that goes back to the fact that now for North for Northwestern. 1-11 last year, you fire Pat Fitzgerald just weeks before the regular season. And, I, I mean, I guess it's, a, for one thing, maybe it's a it's kind of unique and almost a good thing for Northwestern. You get that spotlight on you that first game, but everyone's going to talk about the Northwestern situation. And so how do they come out, you know, the resiliency? But I don't see Northwestern doing anything this year, and I Honestly, I think the program and they are going to need the right hire. They all they need a Matt Rule esque coach, and I don't know who that's going to be for them. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's somebody with ties to Northwestern, or you know, Bill O'Brien took that job. It's like who do you find to? It's not a very attractive place to begin with. Well, and, who, and, and who who is going to be like? You're not going to get someone from a Power Five conference to go to Northwestern. You just aren't. Like Matt Campbell is not going to leave Iowa State for Northwestern. I don't think. Um, now no. maybe that maybe it changes. You know, with the with the television structure and you know the the media rights deal and everything but right now what would you prefer Iowa State or Northwestern I would take Iowa State hands down you're gonna have to find probably an assistant or maybe some former head coach to get a second shot yeah Yeah, it's not not a not a desirable place like PJ Fleck left Western Michigan for Minnesota and that was after Western Michigan had a great year and you go to Minnesota, it's like, oh, is Minnesota all that great? They've had good years. They've been a more consistent program than Northwestern has. So if you're if if a Minnesota can lure a really good like PJ Fleck, is Northwestern going to be able to lure someone uh, like whoever's like leading Tulane right now? And um, uh, I, I don't know who the head coach is at Tulane, but had a great year last year. I would think is going to be the favorites in the AAC this year. Like, are you going to get? Are you going to be able to get someone from like a Tulane up there? I don't know. Like, I feel like you're going to have to go down to the likes of a a Mac or maybe a Mountain West school and bring them in. I don't know where else you're going to turn. Like a Hugh Freeze type guy. Ah, yes. He's a picture of uh, of uh, morality, right? Uh, yes, I think he is at Auburn. So he gets fired at Ole Miss, goes to Liberty, does well there, now Auburn freaking hires up. And I like Auburn, but I don't like I don't like that at all, so maybe I'll put Auburn on the back burner for a while. Mm-hmm. But you need that type of a guy, or, or a Bobby Petrino type of a guy who... Needs a shot, wants a shot to use that to get to somewhere else. Maybe uh, who was the Navy coach that got let go last year? Ken New, uh, uh, Nia Tumlomo or t- um, whoever he was yeah, you know, he got fired. Like that, like Ken uh, Nia Tumlomo, something like that. Yeah, you need to get him. I, I would think he would be a viable option because you need to bring that uh, you know 
that command, that control back there, the the, the respect uh, level. He's probably gone to UCLA as a fighter, but not as a head coach. I mean, so he could get the head the yeah, head coach job at Northwestern. So yeah, if you want someone like that, somebody who's hired, somebody that people know. It, it's just a it's a bad day for uh, the bad just a bad situation for Northwestern and it really can't uh, is kind of come to a head fairly quickly here and I do want to hear now from the talking heads the Kevin Blackstones the Michael Wilbons the J A Adondes that we see on ESPN I want to hear from them I want to hear how I I hope they don't be like well Pat Fitzgerald got a raw deal and all that I don't want them to hide behind the purple I want them to. You know, criticize them if that's how they truly feel. If they're going to be blind and whatever, then I think it destroys the credibility of the story a bit. But you know, even like Mike Greenberg, how's how's ESPN going to cover that? They're littered with Northwestern alums. They'll probably just pretty much ignore. It. They'll talk about it tomorrow on their shows, and that'll be about it. it it's tough. And yeah, you have to say, yeah, we want to get rid of this guy. You just can't say, well, I don't care because I went there at school. Like, if it happened anywhere else, you'd want the guy gone. Mm-hmm. So, so say that when, when you want him gone. Yeah. Just a very bad look, a uh, bad deal for Northwestern here. And I have a feeling that it's uh, <laughs> going to be some darker days ahead as it pertains to their football program. Uh, looking at Northwestern's schedule here just as I just because I'm curious here you know they were 1 in 11 last year what do they have this year I think they have a home game against Howard that's a that's a win for them but uh, if we're looking at this here at Rutgers week one I'll give Greg Schiano and Rutgers a win there UTEP okay maybe you can eke out a win against UTEP uh, at Duke nope that's about it that's about it yeah. If they don't win a non-conference game, that's it. I don't think they win a conference game. No, no. If they don't win in the non-conference, they're not going to win. Yeah. No. So I'd say two wins tops for Northwestern here now as a result of this. Also, yeah, I'm getting excited you know, for, for college football season, starting to think about the previews and the podcast for August. We'll bring Charlie Hildebrand on. Uh, we'll you know do the preview of the conferences. And as I was looking through, I have roughly a dozen teams that I think have a legit shot at a college football playoff. Ten to ten to a dozen. I'm trying to whittle that down, but I think it's it it's going to be tough this year to to pick the four. I feel like what does Alabama do with the new quarterback? What does Georgia do with the new quarterback and everybody that they lost again? Ohio State with the new quarterback? Yeah, so yeah, a lot of these teams have new quarterbacks, so what is gonna happen? Clemson's gonna have a new and gotta be a better quarterback. Yep. Uh Florida State, a lot of people I think are gonna be on Florida State to be in that mix. Mm-hmm. And if Michigan makes it again, then you can kind of put them into that class of, all right, we expect Michigan more times than not to make a playoff. Right now, I kind of, you know, if you're looking at rating the tiers and stuff, I think there's two legit contenders out of the Big Ten. Um, One out of the ACC. 
one and then just uh Florida State or Oh two I guess. Yeah. Florida State and uh yeah, Florida State and, and well, Clemson. Clemson was awfully good despite having a, a terrible quarterback. The defense was good. Well, they de- still would have lost what, two games last year. Yep. Um, so I would say them. Big 12, I'll go one team, and that would be Texas, I think. So we're at, at six now because I went through the Big Ten uh, Conference USA. I'm going to put Notre Dame in there. Um I think Notre Dame can do it. Mac, no. Mountain West, no. Pac-12, I, th- yeah, that's that's the one. I might put four from the Pac-12 in there. And then uh, four. Three out of the SEC. None out of the Sun Belt. Will one Pac-12 team make the playoff? Yes. They could cannibalize each other, and that's how it's all going to go. But I think USC, Washington, Oregon and Utah all have great chances. Uh, Utah would be fourth on that list. I think USC is the best. I think Washington is second best. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. is fantastic. Uh, Bo Nix back at Oregon, so Oregon's going to be good. Uh, but I think it's going to be USC and Washington that are vying for that playoff spot. I had USC in last year. They almost did it. Yeah, them and Washington, I would say, are the two teams I like out there. I would say if you, if you had to put... A gun to my head right now and made me pick four teams. And this could change as I as I look through the previews and stuff. I would go what Michigan. What about LSU? What about LSU? Yep. I was I would go Michigan. I would go USC. I would go Georgia. And I would go LSU. Well, no so two teams out of the SEC. Yes. And will there be a TCU this year? Will there be a team that comes out of nowhere? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we will. It's going to be fun. We'll have plenty of college football to talk about uh, as uh, August roll uh, as we get into August here, which is just a few weeks away. So looking forward to that. We are though in the middle of July here. It is the the doldrums of the sports calendar. There's not much going on. Major League Baseball is at its All Star break. Uh, so let's just take a look kind of at Major League Baseball here and where things stand. Um, I put in some thoughts in my blog on Monday, and I said, you know, head and shoulders, the best team is the Atlanta Braves. One would have thought that we would be talking about Tampa Bay, but they have come back down to earth in a hurry. They had a seven-game losing streak here uh, that they just snapped over the weekend. Atlanta's clearly, I think, the best team in baseball, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they are. They are the best. Are they 60 and 29? Yep. They, they, they should win a couple of World Series. They won one what, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Very surprising. They've got all their young guys signed up. They're all signed up. Just they don't have any holes. Their offense is excellent. They've hit a home run in 26 straight games. they got the most home runs in baseball. I, I, I found it funny when the Twins got swept by them there a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the breaking point for people to speak up or to Rocco Baldelli to speak up and say, enough's enough. Mm-hmm. Early now is the time to, when, you get, when you lose the Braves, the best team in baseball. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, you lost to the Chiefs. Oh, we got to get, we got to, really? Now's the time. Oh, we lost to, we lost to Golden State. Now we got to really freaking bear down. It's mm-hmm. like, no. Yep. No. Not, not when you play the best team there is. So that was stupid by the Twins. I'm sure we'll talk more about those stupid assholes next. Yep. Uh, yeah, but they got Spencer Strider. He's having a good year. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be the MVP. He's going to have like 40, uh, 40 homers and probably 70 steals. Uh, so he's somebody that is, you know, stolen base numbers are way up there. With the rules changed, he's going to do something that nobody's ever done. He's going to have like a, a 40-60 or a 40-70 season. So, like this team, hopefully they're better than what the Dodgers have been for the past decade. Hopefully they actually perform. Hopefully they're better than what the Braves were in the 90s when they were the best team mm-hmm. so many years. Uh, you got to win in the playoffs. You got to win a World Series here or there for this good so we've seen some weird baseball things the past couple of years with the wild card mm-hmm. but uh right now yeah braves braves are are a no doubt number one they have the largest um gap between them and their second place team the largest division lead in all of baseball uh eight and a half games up on the marlins marlins are in very good uh, playoff position right now. Luis Arise, his, his average has dropped down to 383, uh, but they're good. The The Phillies are coming around. The Mets have been a colossal disappointment. Um, what would you like, say? You look at the Mets. Like, look at all the guys the Mets buy. Yeah. And, and I they're just old them guys. You know, Verlander missed much of the first month. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's 40 years old. You know, he's had some good starts, had some bad starts, but he's 40. Yep. He had a great year last year, but at some point, you're 40. Mm-hmm. Edwin Diaz got hurt right away in the, what, the World Baseball Classic. He might come back late, but he's he's out. He gave him $100 million. Yeah. Pete Alonso. He, he, signed, he signed Max Scherzer last year. I mean, he's older. He's been on the injured list. He's done fine. But you just spend all this money... Like they didn't get any. They traded Degrom, which was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, it just goes to show, like he, the Padres and the Mets, the two most disappointing teams. Just because you spend a lot of money doesn't mean you're going to win. Yep. I failed to mention the Mets in in the blog in my post, but I I should have. I put the Cardinals in there too. I I don't think many people saw the Cardinals being in last place in the NL Central at the at the midway point. No, their pitching sucks. They just haven't been a good year. And that's not a tough division. That's the second-worst division out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they should be, you know, there's still time. They're, they're not very good. Or they, uh, they're they 11 and a half back. But, you know, Cincinnati is kind of the, the most exciting team going right now. Absolutely, because yeah. Ellie De La Cruz and what he did last week, what, stealing yeah. three bases in an inning and stealing home? I mean, incredible. So, yeah, he's, a, he's the kind of guy that, you know, that, that's exciting for baseball to have somebody like that, that he can do something and then it's on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. It's out there immediately and you can say, look at this guy, stealing home, something that rarely happens. And hitting home runs and using a speed and an exciting player. That's what that's what we want to see. Absolutely. 
What's your biggest surprise of the first half of the season? It could be team, could be player, could be both on the good side. Biggest surprise? Yep. Biggest, best surprise. Your pleasant surprise. Probably Texas. They're, you know, like all these teams got off to good starts and they kind of all 500 and they go on a bit of a losing streak. But Texas, I would say Texas would be my, like it's hard to go against the Astros just because they, they're always there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I would go with Texas for, for World Series consideration. Okay. Houston's 50 wins are the fewest at the All-Star game for them since 2016. Who? Astros. The 50 wins are the fewest by them since 2016. And that's not bad. Right. 50 wins, what are they on a pace here to win? Probably 92 games. Yeah. No, no, no. They're on a pace to win 89 games, which would get them in the playoffs, so... As long as they get there, they're going to be a tough out. But I would say Texas, um, they've, they've scored 25 more runs than Tampa. Their run differential is only one behind Tampa. So I would say biggest surprise, uh, Texas. I, I didn't have Texas sniffing the playoffs. And uh, they may not win the division, but Corey, Corey Seager's having a great year. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it all without DeGrom, so... Yeah, they, they got a bunch of hitters. I would put, just in consideration there, the Diamondbacks. Uh, yeah. And I think the Reds, for me, are the are the most pleasant surprise. Considering the start that they got off to wasn't good, and, and it all kind of stems really with Ellie De La Cruz. And he, to me, is my uh, – he's the most exciting player in baseball right now. He is, I would say, I mean, there's – I mean, he wasn't even playing the first half of the season – First half of the first half of the first quarter of the season. He wasn't playing for the Reds. Yeah. He, he was in the minors. He called up, and, and look what, what has happened there. Uh, you know, the Rays, I, it's not a huge deal that, you know, the Baltimore, I think you can make in a, uh, uh, in a case for. But I, I agree with you. Texas, and then just throwing into consideration Cincinnati and Arizona as well. Yeah, some newer teams, uh, some teams with younger guys. De La Cruz. Uh, we talked about Andrew Abbott. I think he was, uh, was he a pitcher of the week in the past or not? He's yes, not, he he's was. Be. Yep, he was on the 21st of June. Andrew Abbott, he's a 24-year-old lefty. I was called up. He's made seven starts. His last start was not good. He gave up six runs against Milwaukee. Uh, before that, though, uh, six starts and five runs. So, one bad one in there. Is the ERA still very good at 2.38? So, yeah, young guys. And I was thinking about this the other day. Like, there's no other sport where, you know, where the, the, the common fan, if you don't follow baseball, you didn't know who this Ella De La Cruz was. Mm-hmm. You don't know who Andrew Abbott was. Mm-hmm. And it was, boom, they just burst on the scene out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they're the story of baseball for a little bit. Yep. That, that doesn't happen in basketball. That doesn't happen in football where, you know, in week eight, all of a sudden there's some football player you've never heard of that does something crazy. Mm-hmm. Probably not. No. Nope. I would agree with that. On the flip side, the the player and or team that has been the biggest uh, surprise to you in terms of, you know, disappointment. 
perhaps. Well, you mentioned St. Louis. You mentioned the Mets. Padre, like I wasn't even, I wasn't much on the Padres to begin with. So, and we mentioned Miami. Miami's been a very good surprise. Yep. Disappointment, like maybe the Twins, because it's you know 46, 45 and forty six isn't awful terrible. You know, it's not awful. I mean, there were five hundred. Five hundred's not terrible. But it's the but division. It's with this division, you're not playing these divisional teams as much, so that affects your record. And just what the Stars have done, more injuries. Christ, just always, Royce Lewis going to be out for another six weeks. Just the injuries and, you know, Buxton's ongoing saga. And Correa's finally started to hit here the past few weeks. But it's just... You know, they get swept by the Braves. Then they sweep Kansas City. They win two out of three from Baltimore. Then they get swept by Baltimore. It's just, they played very well against Houston and the Yankees this year. Mm-hmm. They lose the fucking Detroit. It's it's just so goddamn frustrating. Let's see. They'll, they'll win five or six, they'll lose four in a row. It's, it's an inconsistent team. you got to get rid of the hitting coach. Mm-hmm. Uh General manager, front office, oh, we're not going to make any changes uh, offensively. Well, it's like if you're not, nothing's going to fucking change here. What gives me the slightest bit of hope is the starting pitching. Because we've had uh, Pablo Lopez had a complete game the other night. Uh, He had Joe Ryan a few weeks ago against Boston uh, throw a shutout. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they get in the playoffs, they've got that capability, and and that's probably the only way they can win. And maybe they'd be they healthy on offense. Goes out there and literally shuts the other team out. Because mm-hmm. if you're expecting this team to score any more than one or two runs, it just doesn't appear to happen. Like one night they may score twelve, and then the next they'll score two. Just as, as, as inconsistent, and it, it's it's disappointing because yeah, this should be they should have fifty wins by. They should be nine games over. They should have fifty wins. Mm-hmm. They should be five, six games up on Cleveland, no problem. But but they're not. So for me, Minnesota Twins. The I mentioned the rock bottom. I think uh, was it two weeks ago or whatever when they lost three of four at home to Detroit, and like you have to you have to do better. You you just can't do that. I feel like rock bottom right now might be getting swept by Baltimore. And it's not just getting swept by Baltimore. Baltimore's a very good team. But getting swept at home and looking as bad as they did in games 2 and 3 on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, losing 15-2 to two on Sunday, you may, why even show up to the ballpark then? Like, come on. you you got to do better than that. They have to go. They have to minimum take 2 out of 3 from Oakland, if not sweep them. That's who they have right out of the All-Star break. You have four games against Seattle. If you can somehow manage a split with them, that would be great. But, you know, Rocco Baldelli, what's he going to do? It sounds like they're, you know, he's like, well, I hope some players don't come back. Or maybe that's what just what, uh, you know, columnists are saying he should say. I don't know. Yeah. What the hell is going to, what has to change for them to do? Like, I, I just don't understand how you can play somewhat good at Baltimore, and then just complete no-shows at home. That's what happens when you have a bunch of swing-and-miss guys where it's home run or nothing. 
Yeah. They are awful with runners in scoring position. I think against the Braves, they were something like 0 of 19 or 0 of 22. Solid. With runners in scoring position. Solid. Like when you've got a Buxton or a Joey Gallo who strikes out 200 times or Correa who wasn't hitting very well. You know, you got Michael Taylor's got like 10, 11 home runs, but he's hitting like 240. His on-base percentage is atrocious. Uh, Max Kepler's had a couple of nice games. Like when you've got the, you know, Jose Miranda's been awful since they called him up. Uh, Royce Lewis continued to be fantastic before he got hurt. Like you, you need to rethink what, what do you want to do offensively. You can't rely on the home run. Mm-hmm. Uh well, they got rid of the best contact hitter in baseball in Luis Arise, and that's exactly what they're missing mm-hmm. right now. At the time, you know, and Pablo Lopez has, has done very well this year. He's an all-star. So, you know, you give up something to get something, but, God, they could, they could use that guy that's hitting 385 right now. Mm-hmm. Because Royce Lewis said a, few, a, a week or so ago, like, it was hard to be Luis Arise and, and make contact with the ball. But yeah, just do that. Just hit the fucking baseball. Mm-hmm. Too many strikeouts, too many all-or-nothing games where when they're on, they're pretty good, but when they're off, there's too many nights when they are off. So, that, that, I mean, that's how that happens. It's it's a bad way to go about. It's like an NBA team that shoots a bunch of threes. Some nights will make a bunch, sometimes you won't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it all just depends on if you're shooting well. In the AL right now, Tampa Bay leads the AL East by two games over Baltimore. Cleveland has a half-game lead on the Twins. Texas has a two-game lead on the Astros. In the NL, the Braves have an eight-and-a-half-game lead on Miami. The Reds with a one-game lead on the Brewers. The Dodgers and Diamondbacks currently tied in the NL West. Out of all the teams that are currently leading the divisions right now, which teams do you think will not hold on to their division lead and will ultimately, I guess, just not win the division. They could still make the playoffs, but not win the division. Cleveland. I think the Twins are going to... What team is going to take this division from them? Are the Mm -hmm. Twins going to put together something? Mm -hmm. Last year, Cleveland finally took it from them in August, in September. Mm -hmm. After the Twins led it for the first four or five months. Will the same thing happen again? We'll see. The Twins are the best team in this division. They should win this division. Mm-hmm. And as much as they're frustrating, they're still they're still better than everybody else. And the only team that can contend is Cleveland, and Cleveland's not very good. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I would say the Diamondbacks probably. I mean, I get they're in a tie with the Dodgers right now. I just think ultimately, they Texas too. Houston might overtake Texas. Yep. I would agree with that. But really, every, every division is up for grabs except the East. Yes, yes. Unless, unless you know, unless the Braves collapse or something, I mean, remarkable happens. Yeah, I mean, every other division is a toss-up mm-hmm. except that one. Um, you're, uh, do we want to do uh, – If you, okay, so we had AL – and NL or our AL Cy Youngs. I don't know if we should do this. I had Framber Valdez from Houston. You had Aldo. He's probably the favorite right now. Oh, that's good. That's good for me. Uh, you had uh, Manoa from Toronto. 
Not bad. Bad pick. Yep. AL MVP. Shohei Atani for me. Julio Rodriguez for you. Still Another bad. They're not having a great year. Not, not doing it. In the NL. So I th- I feel like Shohei Otani can still win the AL so- uh, the MVP. I think that's he. I mean, he should. He's putting together the best combined baseball season ever. Yes. He is likely to hit fifty home runs. He's going to hit fifty home runs and do what he's doing pitching. It's yeah, incredible. NL, we both had Spencer Strider winning the NL Cy Young. Um, Still in the mix, yeah. Yep. Uh, NL MVP, I had Juan Soto. You had Nolan Arenado. And so let's uh, let's just scrap that right now. If you were to repick your Cy Young and MVPs, who would they be? Otani will win MVP. Uh, Acuna will win MVP in the National League. I feel very certain about those two. Mm-hmm. Rambler Valdez, he would be, I think, who would win probably now. I think Zach Gallen would probably win in the National League now. But I'm staying with Spencer Strider since he's probably two or three. Okay. And uh, American League Cy Young. Yeah, Framber Valdez. Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan had a couple of rough starts, but Pablo Lopez had a rough stretch. The Twins have got... And what makes it so frustrating, the Twins have the best starting pitching in baseball. Mm -hmm. Or none, they lead in so many categories. Innings, ERA, strikeouts, it's ridiculous. That they do that, and they're, they're still a 500 team. Mm-hmm. Otani, Okunia, Spencer Strider, uh, Kevin Gausman with Toronto having a good year, uh, Nathan Evaldi of Texas in that mix. I would go with uh, probably uh, probably Valdez or okay. Houston. Do you have a mid-season pitcher of the year as well as a mid-season hitter of the year? Hitter of the year? Like, a lot of people wanted uh, De La Cruz on the All-Star team, which he deserves to be on there because he's that good, but he's only played, what, 20 games or 30, whatever he's played. Is he going to be able – is he eligible for rookie of the year this year or will that go to next year? He'll be for this year. Okay. So he'll win that potentially this year. A hitter of the year or halfway point. Uh, I'll go Corbin Carroll with with Arizona. Okay. Because he's a top prospect and he's come up and he's an MVP discussion. Mm-hmm. He will. He will. Between those two, that'll be an interesting rookie of the year race. Harold hurt his shoulder, but he's back. Uh, swung the bat the other night and just it didn't look good, but he was back in the lineup the next day. So he's got reoccurring shoulder issues. But yeah, Corbin Carroll, I like 
big prospects like him and De La Cruz that come up right away and do something. Uh, for a pitcher, oh, Bryce Elder with Atlanta. Okay. Kind of a, a, a no-name guy. Uh, he's 24. This is his second year. Through 54 innings last year. His ERA is just under three. So we'll give it to him. He's had a good year. A no-name guy. Okay. The, the, the Braves are just... They could maybe add one more starting pitcher. So I hope they maybe trade for somebody else. They got Spencer Strider. They got Bryce Elder. They've had you know, Charlie Morton's had a very good year. They could use a number three guy, or number four guy, I should say. So, obviously they're there, and I, I would I would assume they will make a move for a pitcher of some sorts. Mm-hmm. MLB All Star festivities in Seattle this week. Home Run Derby on Monday, All-Star Game Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Um, MLB Draft was... Oh, go, sorry, go ahead. I hate the bracket for the Home Run Derby. Yes. It just have the eight guys hit, the top four move on, it's not that hard. Bracket you know, them based on like their, like who hit the most home runs and who didn't after the eight. Yes, like you can just go. You don't need no okay, because somebody's probably more years than not a top four guy is not going to get to go because just how the bracket ends up. Well, last year Pete Alonso faced off against Julio Rodriguez in the in the final, right? And Alonso won. This year they yeah. face off in the first round. We don't get that. Like you could have the the hometown kid, yeah. Julio Rodriguez, get bounced right away by, and that would be you know if it happens, it happens. But that. They should at least have a chance to go on further rather than go I against the top the guy. Bracket, the bracket sucks. Uh, adding the clock to three minutes or as many home runs as you can, that was cool the first few years. And I guess it's cool here too, but when you know guys are hitting 90 home runs over the course of the night, and I'm just watching this, and you know, every five seconds they're swinging. It's like the ball barely lands before the next... The ball doesn't even land before the next one's in the air. It's like, so it's kind of like fireworks where there's too much going on. It's like, all right, we don't need 20 different fireworks going on at once. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You know, the 10 pitches, the, the, you know, the 10, 10 outs, I guess, in years past was fine. But Randy Rosarina has got 24. That seems like a pretty good score. Looks like he's probably going to advance here. But it's, Maybe just a bit too much, you know. Uh, the MLB draft was Sunday and Monday. Um, what are your thoughts on who the Twins got some kid out of uh, North Carolina in high school? There yeah. sounds like he's uh, like Doug Mankiewicz raved about him, I saw. So that's uh, good. I mean, they didn't get either of the LSU kids, you know, which we were – Hole before, but it was completely unrealistic. Like they just weren't. That wasn't going to happen. No. Uh, but the Twins seem to have gotten a pretty good outfielder here at pick five. Yeah, Walker Jenkins from North Carolina. He was committed to North Carolina. Yeah, I watched an interview with him last night. And seems really good. 
kind of all-American kid. Yes, sir, no, sir, all that good stuff. So uh, left-handed hitter, I think he was 6'3". Can play center field, might you know, be an outfielder, might be a left or, or might, might be a right fielder. But, you know, four or five years from now, we'll see what, what they've got. He's only 18, so that's good. He'd be a good, good hitter. You know, maybe 280, 300 hitter if he if he reaches his upper potential. So, apparently there were like five good guys in this draft, and they all kind of went in the top five, six. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was a pretty, pretty good draft at the top. Yeah, like, every mock draft I was seeing, they were going to take – I was seeing Pittsburgh take Dylan Cruz, the outfielder from LSU. Mm-hmm. Every mock draft had him going one. And then the pitcher going two. And it was just the opposite. Pittsburgh took Paul Skeen's number one, which I probably would have done since he was excellent this past year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good for Pittsburgh to – to get a guy like that. And there, uh, somebody was talking a couple weeks ago about Paul Skeens and what he was doing and, like, how he's pretty much ready to go right now. Like, I would imagine he'll probably be up next year because he doesn't need much time in the, time in the minors. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at Pittsburgh, who has kind of been the race for a while, but now they've fallen off. You know, Washington's not in there. Detroit's, you know, what, five, six back. Texas at four, like Texas, they're in the race. Mm-hmm. Would they have brought him up? Could you use him in the bullpen in September? Why wouldn't I would? Like the twins obviously wouldn't because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> but look at those teams at the top of the draft in Texas. I mean, Texas had the number four pick, and you're like, all right, this guy's ready to go now. Why would you not use him? So that would have been an interesting thing if that would have happened, but obviously it didn't. So, yeah, Twins got the South Field. They got a, another, what, 17-year-old pitcher uh, in their, what, 34th pick, overall pick. He'll turn 18 in a month or two. So. Oh, maybe they yeah, can develop him. Huh? Maybe they can develop him. We know they're so, how good they are at developing pitching. They're very good at developing pitching. You know, everybody in their rotations would fucking trade it for. So maybe they can figure that out. So yeah, we'll, so we'll see what they got here. I, I, I hope they're not picking five again for a while, but with this new lottery thing, we'll see how it works. NBA uh, summer league going on right now in Vegas and Sacramento. Victor Wembanyama is being shut down after two games. All right, big deal. NBA free agency happened, um, or still technically going on. Uh, Damian Lillard wants a trade out of Portland. Miami is the favorite to land him, but they don't really have the pieces at this point that Portland wants. James Harden is going to get traded from Philadelphia. You've got a lot of guys making money. You know, Fred Van Vliet getting three-year, $130 million from Houston. Dylan Brooks, four-year, $80 million from Houston. Uh, Kyle Kuzma getting four years, $102 million from uh, Washington. Draymond Green resigning with Golden State, four years for $100 million. Tyler Halliburton, Indiana, five-year, two sixty. Like, this is ungodly. Like, high numbers and whatnot. I'm 
my one fantasy league for NBA I traded for Tyree Saliburton at the end of last year. So I like him a lot. Well, he's a good player, but is he $260 million worthy? Yeah, he's pretty good. Indiana's not going anywhere, but he's he's awfully good. Like Anthony Edwards, he gets the big contract too. So all these, yep. you know, rookie contracts. Tyrese Halliburton gets the big money. Anthony Edwards gets the big two hundred plus million. Like Drake, the, the the worst one to me is Draymond Green. Yep. Kind of feels like a well, you you know. Here's a big contract for what you did years ago. Mm-hmm. We're 34 years old. Like, really, you're going to give him four years, 100 and whatever, really? Like, you know, felt like he could have moved on from Draymond Green, but they didn't. And there, there weren't really any big, big, huge, massive NBA guys out there this year. Right. So. Kind of a, you know, James Harden will get traded. We'll see what happens. Damian Lillard's Lillard, the big like, fish. Lillard should, should want to trade. Like, he, he's put in his time. It just didn't work out in Portland. He's both been there 11 years. It just, they just weren't what they made the conference finals, I think, once. And they were just never, never good enough. So, yeah, by all means, go to Miami, go somewhere else. The NBA also announced their playing tournament bullshit. Um, it does not. Who inter- fucking cares about this? The I commissioner, it's the, the commissioner is hard as hell about this fucking thing. <laughs> yes. they, do this, they do this in soccer and whatever. Who could possibly give a fuck? I don't. Like, if you combine, you put them in different tiers or bracket, like Minnesota's with Oklahoma City. Sacramento, Golden State, and Portland, I think, or Utah. Well, I, want to just, I guess some of it's based on your record. Yeah, I think so. I, that's it's just as it's dumb, and you know the final four are going to be done in Vegas. Like, who cares? Who gives a shit? Like, this is the, 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 the final game will not count towards the standings, but everything else will. It won't count your stats either, which is stupid. The whole thing is like dumb. If you, like if you win it, you get a half million dollars. Every player gets a half million for the winning team. Ooh. And when you're make, making $20 million a year, I don't think that really matters. Like, like what? Okay, look. Some team wins this. Okay. The, the Nuggets beat Boston in the final. Milwaukee beats the Lakers in the final. Who? Like, what? Are they going to rest players in this thing like they usually do? This one going to be in December, November, December. Mm-hmm. Maybe teams won't rest guys as much. I, I can't imagine anybody caring about this. Are you going to you're going to raise a banner? Yes, play. Uh, we're NBA play uh, tournament champions. We call it the NBA Cup. I'm sure I'll watch it when they get down to like the final eight. And all right, what's going on here? Please report back to me because I won't watch a lick of this. But it's like, okay, like what? This doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I skate. I. I don't understand. I'm sure it'll be more interesting than a normal regular season game. But will it though? Because I feel like it takes away from the regular season. Because I, I like. How is this? How is it going to matter? Like for the schedule, like are you going to play fewer 
division games? Like, are you still going to play two games against? I don't know what schedule. I don't know if it's going to be all messed up. Okay. Well, it's going to be what an extra what five games, six games, is that or four games? Maybe I. Did. So I, I it's he, uh, Adam Silver's wanted this for years, and I'm like I don't understand his level of excitement for something that I haven't seen a single person be excited for. Yeah, I I don't know what he's drinking or smoking, but I don't want it if that if this is what he's going to get so excited about. No way. Not no oh. way, not no how. Um, final thing, I guess, for me at least, uh, you know, as we wrap up the podcast here this week, ESPN unloaded a whole bunch of talent, didn't renew the contracts for several, you know, for up to like 20 on-air personalities. It's part of the cost-cutting measures that they're doing with Disney. Apparently Disney is kind of severing ties with ESPN saying like, go off on your own. But we see guys like uh, Ashley Brewer, Sports Center anchor, she was cut loose from ESPN. I think that's a big blow. Jeff Van Gundy out. Jalen Rose out on the NBA side. Chris Chelios out on the NHL side. Big whoop. I think one that has gotten a lot, two that have really gotten people upset about. One is Van Gundy, but on the college football side, David Pollock is out, so no more Pollock on college game day. And Gene Wojcikowski, he is out. You know, he did the great pieces on College Game Day and a good reporter for ESPN. He's gone. Uh, between those two, Van Gundy and Brewer, for me, are the top four. Like, I don't understand what ESPN is thinking here. By the way, congratulations to Ashley Brewer for marrying Frank Kaminsky uh, this past weekend. Or, yeah, this past weekend. Uh, congrats to her. But um, ESPN, I... I don't know what they are thinking. Max Kellerman got axed. Keyshawn Johnson got axed. Uh, I think there was another NFL. Matt Hasselbeck got axed. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of talent. That, it's a mass exodus. Like ESPN, what what do you see in certain guys like Stephen A. Smith and, and Mike Greenberg that justify their multi-million dollar contracts and you aren't keeping the young, fresh talent like a Ashley Brewer or, or uh, you know, David Pollock's not young but he's not old like i would rather listen to him why keep lee corso around i mean you're you're banking on pat mcafee to do lee corso's job that's fine get rid of lee and bring in uh you know keep pollock on to me it just doesn't make sense espn befuddling decisions it's a bad look for them bad day a year or two ago they made eight there they brought in eight billion dollars or something, they, they, they bring in multiple billions of dollars. Four, mm-hmm. four or five billion. So to cut like 20 people, it's like, like what world is this where we're gonna make budget cuts for a team or for a, for a company that makes billions of dollars? Oh, it, it's, it's more beyond the, cause they're practically getting rid of ESPN radio. I mean, they're getting rid of the morning show with um, you know that. With, well, I I, uh, I can I can say this with confidence. I never listened to it, and I assume it was just all. Oh, it, it had to be. I I saw well, it. John Johnson, Jay Williams, whoever the hell. I think they. It was Max Kellerman the host. They had some other yes. guy was the host. Yep. Zubin Mahenti, and he was a colossal. Fo- like, why would you get rid of your bread and butter show, your staple program on ESPN Radio that was. Uh, 
you know, Mike and Mike, and then they switched to Golick and Wingle, which was fine because you still had the Golicks, and Trey Wingle was yeah. great. Why would you get rid? It just to me. Instead of giving it to his kid, his kid okay. Yeah. Or they could have done the two Golicks together. That's yes. fine. Trey Wingle, I, I see. He's nowhere to be found anymore. Really, he's doing whatever he's doing. Yeah. You had Dan Levitar from nine to noon. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. It's it. Yeah, for you and me, it just looks like. What are you doing? Like this isn't this isn't difficult. And it's it's again, it's not that they just. I mean, there's more than twenty positions that they cut. They, there's hundreds, if not thousands. But these are the twenty on-air personalities that we are so accustomed to seeing that won't be there. And some like. I, I get it. You're aging, maybe kind of go off. Like Neil Everett, I love Neil Everett, but I mean, he, I kind of understand that he'd been around for a while. David Pollock, I, I don't get for sure. Jeff Van Gundy, if he criticizes the NBA a little bit more, then like, is that the reason that he gets pushed out? Ashley Brewer, I mean, especially with with Neil Everett out in L.A. Like, now that he's gone, what, you have Stan Verrett and Linda Cohn? Like, those are your only two ESPN anchors out there now. Why wouldn't you have Ashley Brewer out there? And again, David Pollock, to me, it was great on College Game Day. Gene Wojciechowski was great. And you just cut him loose. Like, what? And LaFonso Ellis out on the college basketball side of things. I just don't understand. I understand they needed to cut people. I think they cut the wrong people. As much as I like Lee Corso, he doesn't add anything anymore to college game day apart from the final five, you know, two minutes when he puts on the headgear. That's it. Pat McAfee yeah. can do that. Uh, Susie Colbert got cut. That was yes. kind of a surprise. Yep, Steve Young. Yep, Steve Young. But again, like she's been there. Like it, I, I like Susie Colbert too, but at least she's. She had been there a while. It's not like you are cutting some of these fresh faces out. Like Jalen Rose. I don't give a shit about Jalen Rose. He did. Neither do I. He did something like he like built a school or funded a school in Michigan. That's that's great. I don't give a shit about him on ESPN. Uh, Max Kellerman, don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jeff Van Gundy, Keyshawn Johnson, don't give a shit. Uh, Todd, 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 Todd. Yes, yes. Our, our, our very own uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. Jr. Blake, they uh, texted both of us. Did you, was that who said I was going to have? I thought so he was the one that te- I didn't have his number in my phone. Yeah, it, w- it was Blake. I thought, yeah, I'm like, who? Well, that's that's got to be him. So, so yeah, like Mel Kuyper is like, he can't have too many years left. Like who's who's gonna be their big draft guy now? Well, they, there's this. I think it's a Matt Miller who they had gotten last year. Who the hell is Matt Miller? He he's someone that they got from like Yahoo or something like that. He's this guy. He's pretty good. I mean, so I think the writing was on the wall with McShay. Mel Kiper at least brings some subs. Uh, some substance to this. Like, people are far more excited with what Mel's, you know, big board looks like compared to Todd McShay's. Um, I just... I'm sure I'm sure a lot of these people will go elsewhere. Oh, yes. Matt Hasselbeck doesn't matter. Uh, Steve Young was fine. Uh, what, Jason Fitz got cut? Yes, yep. And he was good. Yeah. I liked him, but, I mean... Yeah, David Pollock. David Pollock's a surprising one. 
Uh, uh, considering how much money ESPN puts into college football and the NFL, I'm I'm not so like they they were oversaturated with NFL guys. I'm okay with who they they got rid of, who they cut there. I'm very surprised at who they cut on the college football side and who they didn't. Mainly Lee Corso, just because he's 88 years old or whatever he is, 82. This isn't difficult. Their best guy, Scott Van Pelt, so they put him on EF, so they put him on SportsCenter. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Um, I don't. I don't understand what what they do most of the time. I can't tell you last time I watched the Sports Center. Like, there's nothing on. There's nothing unique to watch anymore on there. There, there just isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ESPN Radio. I, I would listen to ESPN Radio during class in school in high school. <laughs> there was one. Second period, uh, one year, there was some bullshit FFA agriculture type class. <laughs> Teacher was a joke. Class was a joke. Sometimes we'd start fucking 20 minutes late. They're just talking, doing nothing. So I would listen to the radio. I'd listen to Tony Kornheiser in the morning. Mm, yeah. Like nothing else. I'd read a book. Nothing else was going on. They're wasting my fucking time. Uh, Dan Patrick. My, my favorite of all time. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, ESPN Radio, plenty of... And then the, and they, and they change things. And, oh, Dan Lombatar, we, we like him. He does good stuff. And now he's, he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. With a former uh, ESPN guy, John Skipper. Yeah. It's like they got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Pablo Torre. Like, like they brought Pablo Torre in. Yeah. They got a lot of... Like what? Like who? Who is there to watch on ESPN? Like, oh, I gotta tune in to see what this guy's gotta say. Like, I don't have one. I don't have a single person that works there that. Oh, I gotta see what he says. Mm-hmm. Like Pat Mulford, I like Pat McAfee plenty, but other than that, I a lot of cuts for a, for a company that makes four billion dollars a year pays three hundred whatever million to show a fucking NFL football game on a Monday night uh, playoff game. Um, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I uh, Speaking of the media, I, I you know, rumors about NBC wanting basketball. For fuck's sake, please. Mm-hmm. Please get basketball back. Take it away from ESPN, please. please. It's been 20 years. So Jeff Van Gunny could do that. I think what, a couple of years from now it's up again. To get the NBA on it would just be unbelievable. Um, just, just the change of networks. Yep. Just a simple thing would get me to watch more. Because, like, NBC doesn't have anything. Uh, they don't have hockey anymore, do they? Nope. No. Nope. They yeah. have football. They, they have, have the Olympics, so I don't give a shit about. Yep. They, uh, have, they, they have golf, NASCAR, and football. And, and the Triple Crown for horse racing. Yeah, horse racing, garbage. They've shown a couple of these baseball games on Peacock. They've showed a couple of them on NBC. Uh, but, but they need to get something since they lost hockey. Get the NBA back on NBC. Agreed. Agreed. That would be whatever, great. You know, they got college football now. Yep. Whatever NBC does, they do a real good job at. Yep. And they, they, they've had college football before. It was just Notre Dame. Yeah. So, so, yeah, they get other, you know, Big Ten, they get other non-Notre Dame football. Yep. 
Yep, I agree. You gotta, you gotta just throw NBA back on on NBC because it's not working on you, especially if you're cutting some of your talent. Like, I, get rid of Mark Jackson. I don't care about. I, Ooh. Like if you're if you're Who's growing up like we were, like what are you watching now? Like if you're big into listening to radio, what what would you listen to? It's, I guess I would listen to Dan Patrick. I would listen to Dan Lepetard. Yep, and that's about it. Yep, that's that's it. I mean, maybe Pat McAfee. Yeah. Um, and then you just find some other podcasts. Stuff. Yeah, Bill Simmons, if you like him, I don't know. I hate him. He's a stupid shit. I don't like him. <laughs> Lee Corso, by the way, 87 years old. Like, okay, let's keep him on for longer. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, you, you got to have that conversation of, you know. Do you think, like, if they had cut Lee Corso instead of David Pollock, I think there would have been a lot of people who are like, oh, man, like... That sucks. I really hope Pat McAfee does the the mascot deal. But that that would be it. Like that's all you're you're not losing any analysis. You're in fact you're kind of gaining it by because you're going to put Pollock in all the time now. This has to be his last year. Oh God, I would hope so. It, it should have been a couple years ago. Yep. Um, you don't want the situation where. He dies in the middle of the season. So in that very next show, it's like, well, we're at Alabama, Auburn, or whatever, but Lee Corso died three days ago, and this show is going to be a lot about him. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's where, like, he missed a few shows this year for whatever reason. Yep. And, like, we're getting to that, like, he's 87, and he doesn't look very well. No, and he doesn't sound great either. You can't understand him a lot. Her curb street helps him out a lot. It's not good. And it's, it's, it's not, it it's is not good to watch anymore. It, is, it has nothing to do with Lee Corso. Because like, Lee Corso is great. He helped make College Game Day what it is, and we're forever indebted to that. Like the mascot deal. I don't want that to go away. I want Pat McAfee to take that or do something similar to it. I just don't think that... You keep Lee Corso around for anything other than those two, three minutes. If you want to keep him around, then just bring him out for those five minutes, let him make his picks, and then let him go. And keep Pollock on. Like that, that, that to me, it's just it's the biggest head scratcher there. Because again, people would be sad that Corso is gone, but they would understand it because his analysis and just the overall television presentation has been lacking for the last few years now. You keep you keep Pollock along or uh, for the show because of what he brings to it, because of his analysis, because of the the college football smarts and just the the energy that he brings. It's different. It's unique. Just let it keep it. I guess the uniqueness is more Pat McAfee, but still, just keep Pollock. It's just it's bad. It's a, it's a bad bad look for ESPN. Also, why do they always schedule when I ever? For as long as I've been alive, I look at the home run derby on my TV guide, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. When does it end, Stacking? It starts at 7, it ends at what? Well, normally it's it's about two and a half, three hours, I would say. It's always scheduled from 7 to 9. Yep. Yep. It always takes at least three hours. Yep. We are an hour into this thing, and we're not even halfway through the first round. 
Also, why, why, why is this on my thing from 7 to 9? You know it's going to take until 10 o'clock. Also on Sunday. We've done this now for 30 years. Yep. We got a good idea of how long the home run derby lasts for 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's not two hours. Also, it's three. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Also, ESPN yesterday on Sunday decided to air some stupid boxing MMA crap with Conor McGregor and like training and whatnot. Why don't they just put the all-star celebrity soft uh, game live on Sunday along with the Futures game? Like, do it back-to-back. Like, let MLB have the Sunday instead of having it taped or whatnot. I don't care about that then. Let's put it on on Sunday rather than some stupid Conor McGregor E60 piece. Like, it's, it's stupid. Again, another ridiculous ESPN management decision. Yeah, the celebrity uh, softball game would always follow the home run derby. But it's taped. Yeah, it was taped from the day before. It's fine. But, but I, that's what I'm saying. Like, put it live. Yeah, so could... show it. Show it Sunday. Nothing is going on Sunday. Yeah, you don't Sunday have Sunday night baseball. Sunday night. I believe it was on, like, MLB TV. And they showed that, and that was on. I'm like, all right, I, I guess this is the only spot I'm going to see this at. And I don't get MLB TV anymore, so I don't get to see that. The Futures game, which is whatever. So, yeah, it's things that don't make a whole lot of sense. No, they don't. No, they don't at all. Uh, I feel like you and I should be running ESPN t- at some points here. We don't know at all, but I think we have a sometimes a better understanding than what they do, clearly. But who knows? Put people on the air people want to listen to. Yes. Exactly right. Exactly right. Anything else before we say so long for the week? It rained July 4th here. It rained during the hot dog eating contest. Ah, yes. They canceled it, I guess, and then they brought it back. Or yeah. they postponed it for two hours. Yep. I, I had seen it said canceled, and then I was like, oh, they canceled the hot dog eating contest. And then I see right next to it, oh, Joey Chestnut wins 16th mustard belt. What? You just said it was canceled. Just wait till the rain passes. It didn't rain all day. They did it. They were supposed to do it at noon. They did it at 2 o'clock. It didn't rain all day. Lightning, thunder, all this stuff. The rain passed. Why the hell would you cancel it? They're eating hot dogs. It takes 10 minutes. Or. Can you do this inside, maybe without a crowd? I was just going to see. Limited crowd. Can you? God forbid you eat hot dogs inside. Put it, it it's, it's 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 on Coney Island, right? Or yes. find the local arena, whether that's Iona, whether that's Long Island University. You're gonna have a plan. Yeah, just have it in there. You don't so need. Then they it, and then they brought it back, and they actually did it, which is fine. Oh. They did the same thing here in Sioux Falls. They canceled the parade. It didn't rain all day. In the afternoon, it was fine. They did the same thing in Lenox, South of Sioux Falls. They got a big 4th of July parade. It just, like, postpone it until the afternoon, which, again, decisions. Decisions, all right, when is it raining? When is it not raining? Let's have it when it is. I've never seen a, a, a forecast for a week or a summer as bad as it's been for St. Cloud, where they keep promising us rain and then it doesn't. So just... Yeah, just who cares? 
If they say it's going to rain all day, no, it's going to rain for like four hours and put it on in the afternoon. Done. And also, there was a thing on ESPNU tonight. Oh, yes. Yes. The, the Sanford Sports 17 and under black team. Mm-hmm. They won whatever the hell they won, the Nike Nationals Tournament of Champions League title or whatever the hell that is. Is that all 17 and under teams, I guess? I don't know. Uh, you had Molly Abdouche from O'Gorman on there. She's going to SDSU. I think they had four uh, four players going to SDSU, yeah. right? Three or four? You had Emily Fox here from Mount Vernon Blankington, just 15 miles west of Mitchell. She's excellent. Uh, Katie Vasica, she's from T. She had 34 points. So, yeah, this team was future Jackrabbits, and I think they're all going to be very good. I've seen them multiple times. Uh, yeah, so they won this. Whatever the hell this is, a national tournament, I guess, Nike tournament or whatever's. And they crushed uh, the Southeast All-Stars, right? Like, yeah. just absolutely annihilated them. And some of those girls are going to, like, Georgia Tech. Yeah, 97 to 64. <laughs> so, whatever that was, they won that. So. so, basically, South Dakota State beat the Southeast. Pretty much, yeah. Excellent, 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 excellent. Well, my friend, I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will talk again. Oh, oh yes. I did something I haven't done ever today. Okay. Uh, I played in a golf tournament. Ooh, how'd you do? Uh, I did all right. I did how I probably normally do, which isn't very good. But it, was, it was all right. It was a uh, par three tournament. Okay. So every hole was a par three. Yep. Uh, there's a guy at work who's... As I guess my boss, he is, he's a pretty good golfer. And, like, he asked me last week, and I'm like, I am in no form at all to be doing anything like this. Um, but I did, and I did fine. I thought I did all right. Some good shots, some bad shots. So we played, I think we were five over for the round. Okay. Uh, guys we played with, I think, were probably five or six under. Uh, they had one guy who was pretty good. He was a lefty. And uh, we played it one of the two courses here at Wild Oak. And all the holes were different because they set them up for a par three. Mm. Some of the par threes were not where they usually are. So I think the shortest hole was 70 yards. Yep. And the longest was probably 160 or so. Okay. So it was, just, it was just kind of all around the course. I had to find the hole where where are they at. So it was very hot, 95 degrees, got a little sunburned. But it was all right. I would do that again as long as you have a good partner because it's a scramble. Yep. So it's, you both hit it. You take the best shot every time. So I need a, I need a good partner because I'm not – we, we used my shot a couple times, so that was about it. Well, uh, it's always going to be tough when you go against Phil Mickelson. So, he's a, he's on hard times now. And, uh, well, I'm glad you had a good time, and yeah, hopefully you'll be able to do another one of those tournaments again. Uh, anything else that we need to get to? Sure, be it. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the nice weather. I think that we're supposed to have this week. Maybe get a little rain, and we'll talk like to you 80, next. 80, 85, So. Normal. I'll, I'll take eighty, eighty-five. Absolutely, absolutely. Will. All right. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. 
All right, I'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. A lot of stuff there. We talked about Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald getting fired. That broke uh, right as about we recorded the podcast. NBA free agency talk and playing tournament garbage. MLB at the halfway point of their season, All Star Game, All uh, Home Run Derby going on in Seattle, and of course the ESPN cuts, which make no sense at all. At least some of them do. Why are you keeping some? Why are you getting rid of others? It doesn't make any sense. This podcast can be found available on podcast.com and on iTunes. Just search the sports block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins on Twitter at Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Who knows? We might be on threads here pretty soon because that's, uh, you know, Elon Musk is tanking uh, Twitter. So we might be on threads uh, soon. You never know. So we'll see about getting an account there. Have a great rest of your week. Hopefully, again, you all had a great 4th of July. Next week, hopefully, we'll get Marcus Traxler on as the um, Women's World Cup starts next week from Down Under in New Zealand as well. And not in New Zealand. I get that Down Under is Australia. It's Australia and New Zealand. So they're doing that there. So we'll, we'll preview the World Cup. We'll talk about whatever else we need to in the sports world as well. College football previews will come at the beginning of August. Charlie Hildebrand will come back for that. For all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis and Nathan, thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the weather. Hopefully we get some rain. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.